On today's episode, find out who cracks the top five of my summer 2023 top 10 prospects list and also break down why Ryan Donato was a smart free agent signing. All that and plenty more right here on Locked On Blackhawks. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everyone? Welcome on in to another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Today is Thursday, July 7th. I'm July 6th. Excuse me. Let's not get ahead of myself, Jack. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. Find me out on Twitter at Jack Bushman, too. Or you could also go and check out my strictly Blackhawks account at Talkin' Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And real quick, just a reminder that you can subscribe to the YouTube channel for free. You can also listen to the audio version for free wherever you may be listening to your podcast. Do me a huge favor. Make sure to go and do that real quick. If you haven't done so already, I greatly appreciate all the support. And that way you can get the latest episode as soon as it becomes available each and every day. All right. Good morning, everyone. As always, thank you all for tuning me tuning in to another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Blackhawks. And thank you all for making the show your very first listen here to start off this fine Thursday morning. And what I'm going to be getting into to kick things off on the show today, something that uh, unfortunately just got a little bit pushed back as a result of all the chaos of the 2023 NHL draft and me breaking down uh, some potential trade options for the Blackhawks at 19, who they could be looking at if they stay home at number 19, who they could be looking at if they trade back into the first round. I also had a mock draft and a final rankings come out. So unfortunately, just with the timing of everything and with the NHL draft coming up sooner, kind of not sooner than I expected, but I I thought I'd have a little bit more uh, room content wise to get all that stuff out. And I realized a little late that there was more that I wanted to get out to all you listeners than I had originally anticipated. And sadly, as a result of that, my summer 2023 top 10 prospect list, at least part three has been pushed back for the last couple of weeks. And for those of you out there who haven't tuned into part one or part two at this point, I'll go and tag them in the description. So when you're watching this, you'll easily be able to access those two videos. You can check out who I had as my honorable mentions. And just for fun, I actually even ranked them from numbers 20 through 11. And then part two consisted of numbers six through uh, 10 on my summer 2023 top 10 prospects list. So go and check those out if you haven't done so already. Uh, If you want to avoid any spoilers or anything, don't continue further on to this video. Go and check those out right now. But as a reminder, for those of you who have already tuned into those, just kind of as a recap, since it has been a little bit since I've broken down my top 10 prospect list, coming in at number 10, again, last opportunity for those of you who don't want to know before watching the video, go and get out now, because coming in at number 10, I had Gavin Hayes, who was an honorable mention during my mid-season prospect rankings that I had and obviously went on to have a really strong season with the Flint Firebirds of the Ontario Hockey League. He comes in at number 10. I had Isaac Phillips coming in at number 9. He was actually number 6 during my mid-season prospect rankings. And the only reason he really dropped was because you're kind of just splitting hairs with 
uh, how many prospects the Blackhawks kind of have had ascend here in the last six or seven months. So quite honestly, I still like Isaac Phillips just as much. It's just, and it very well could change leading into next year. He he could be high as six or five. Once again, it's just really tough to break everything down at this range right now for the Hawks. So Phillips Phillips came in at number nine, Ryan green jumped up from number nine at the midway point of the season up to number eight, really strong freshman year for the Boston university Terriers was the third line center for most of it kind of received an elevated role on the second line later in the year should be going back and playing an even bigger role for BU next year as a sophomore. Then I had Wyatt Kaiser come in at number seven, and he actually got bumped down to the honorable mentions due to a really quiet first half of his junior season with the University of Minnesota Duluth. But then he went on to have a really strong showing, in my opinion, at the World Juniors, had a really nice bounce back down the stretch for the Bulldogs, and wound up signing his entry-level contract and appearing in a handful of games for the Blackhawks down the stretch. His offensive ability is something we really don't have much of uh, at the NHL level or at the professional level for the Blackhawks on the blue line right now. Obviously, Kevin Korchinski is going to be helping either this year or the next, but uh, I think Wyatt Kaiser's skill set is very unique and provides something different than what the Blackhawks have. And then coming in at number six was none other than Drew Comesso, who's finally making the jump to professional hockey after his junior year with Boston University as well. Very excited to see what Comesso has in store for us in his first season with the Rockford Ice Hogs next year. Now, getting into my top five for my summer 2023 top 10 prospect rankings. Coming in at number five is none other than Ethan Del Mastro, who is number eight on my midseason prospect rankings received a little bit of a leap after a strong performance late in the year. Also uh, a shutdown pairing role for Team Canada at the World Juniors. Fourth round pick for the Blackhawks back in the 2021 NHL draft. 105th overall, quite the ascension and a pleasant surprise for Ethan Del Mastro these last couple of seasons. And the Blackhawks actually uh, nabbed that pick from the Vancouver Canucks back at the 2021 trade deadline. Uh, in a deal that sent Madison Bowie, some of you may remember him and his small stint that he had in Chicago, along with a 2021 fifth round pick in exchange for a 2021 fourth that wound up being the 105th overall selection, which turned into the six foot four, 205 pound left-handed defensive defenseman that is Ethan Del Mastro. And uh, when the Blackhawks drafted him, that was kind of what was known about Ethan was that he was just a bigger kid known for being rugged in his own zone with some physicality, could shut things down in his own end. And I actually had him on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast probably about two years ago now, man. And it's been really cool to see where Ethan has kind of transformed his game uh, and the level that he's risen to since that time. Such a good guy. I was very fortunate to have him on the show. And I'm super stoked for what he has in store for us, not only because he's gotten better on the defensive side of things and everywhere he's played, he's been the shutdown guy, but he's also started to add a little bit more offense into the mix these last two seasons as well. Uh, He tallied 59 points in 52 games this past season, Uh, 52 combined games, I should say, for the Mississauga Steelheads and the Sarnia Sting, seven goals and 52 assists. He was the captain for the Steelheads actually in the Ontario Hockey League for the past two years before getting traded at the deadline. It was kind of a common theme that we saw with Blackhawks prospects. Colton Dock, captain of the Kelowna Rockets, traded to the Seattle Thunderbirds 
Uh, Nolan Allen, captain of the Prince Albert Raiders, traded to the Seattle Thunderbirds. Ethan Del Mastro, captain of the Mississauga Steelheads, traded to the Sarnia Sting, but he went on to have a really solid stint there in Sarnia, point-per-game defender while also playing a shutdown role. Uh, And then I mentioned at the World Juniors, he kind of did the same thing for Team Canada, receiving top four minutes. He was also an alternate captain there and chipped in for three assists in seven games to help Canada win the gold medal. And he's now a uh, two-time World Junior gold medalist after uh, back in August last year, if you remember that's when the World Juniors got postponed to. Ethan Del Mastro was a late addition to that team, wound up kind of taking on a, a little bit more of a role than most folks anticipated and, and wound up being a, a good late ad for Team Canada. But yeah, a two-time World Junior gold medalist these last two years. Uh, a great leader, great shutdown defensive defenseman, and he's kind of added more offense to his mix the past few seasons, like I said, I don't think he's ever going to be a dynamic playmaker from the blue line, but I do think kind of similar to Nolan Allen. Um, I think he's probably the better playmaker and the better puck mover of the two, but if he can add a powerful shot being six, four on that back end, while being a guy who can absolutely run through you and be physical in the crease, just be a pain, a pain in the butt to play against. I really think that will help round out Ethan Del Mastro's game. Um, I mentioned the size, obviously, is what you talk about when he's six foot four. He also pairs that with a really long reach. And one thing I, I've noticed with him in particular is he's a very evasive skater. I wouldn't say he's speedy, but pretty mobile for his size. And I think he also uh, is very heads up and kind of just a savvy game to him. I recognized immediately how patient he was on the puck, even at 18, 19 years old never rushing his outlet passes. He's taking what's given to him, never forcing anything. And I think just really does play a simple game in terms of his straightforward approach, Uh, reads everything well, doesn't do anything fancy, but has a really solid all-around game. So uh, I'm really excited to see Ethan Del Mastro make this leap to professional hockey is what's anticipated for him. And we should be expecting him to join the Rockford Icehogs down uh, in the fall. And then coming in at number four, I have fellow big left-handed defensive defenseman in Alex Vlasic, second round pick for the Blackhawks in the 2019 NHL draft, 43rd overall. I was so pumped when the Blackhawks picked Alex Vlasic at number 43 back in 2019. The pick really just made too much sense. He obviously had ties to the city being from Wilmette, and he also was uh, six foot six at just 18 years old, still that same size up to about 200 pounds now at this point. A defensive defenseman, like I said, just like Ethan Del Mastro. Played for the United States Development Program and then uh, the past three years was playing college hockey for Boston University, wearing the A as a junior in his uh, final season with the Terriers and then made the jump right to the NHL following the conclusion of his junior season. Wound up playing in 15 games for the Blackhawks at the end of the 2021-2022 campaign. Scored his first NHL goal. Uh, tallied an assist as well. And one thing that I remember is by the end of that 15 game stint, those final five, six games, the ice time was just going like this for Alex Vlasic. He was gaining more confidence. The coaching staff was a little bit more trusting of him. Uh, But with the situation the Blackhawks were in going into this past season, could Alex Vlasic probably have been in the NHL level? Yeah, but Kyle Davidson's really focused on a patient approach and giving the prospects a proper time to ripen. They don't want to rush anyone up to the NHL level. So as a result of that, Vlasic spent the majority of the season down with the Ice Hogs, which I think was probably the right decision. 
uh, only played in six NHL games. But like I said, if the situation were different, I absolutely think it could have been more. But in his 56 games with the Ice Hogs, he tallied 19 assists, two goals, uh, 19 points, excuse me, two goals and 17 assists. He did mix, miss some time with a fractured tibia, but I guess Alex Vlasic is just Superman and came back after like three weeks. I really thought that was going to be a season-ending injury, but was very glad to be wrong on that front. He joined the team once again later on in the season and then was playing a very meaningful role for Rockford throughout uh, unfortunately, their short postseason run, but I thought it was very notable to see the role that he was taking on and also how the Blackhawks were using him on the power play over someone like Alec Regula or Jakob Galvis. And now we know both of those guys are no longer with the organization. I think there was probably a good reason for that. Uh, given that Alex Vlasic, they they were thinking of him in higher regards is kind of what I'm getting to. But another guy who you know isn't really known for his offense, I do think. His puck moving skills have gotten better, but for being six foot six, he does keep up pretty well and he just has such a long reach and is starting, I think, to understand how to use his body to his advantage more and more and more. Now it just feels like it's just about him uh, getting the reps at the NHL level and kind of becoming a man because everything that he showed us at the AHL level, it says that he can play uh, play at the NHL level and find success there. So I'm really high on Alex Vlasic. I think he keeps getting better with every opportunity. Really um, did everything I wanted to see from this past season down in Rockford in terms of his development. And now going into next year, I really do expect him uh, to be in the opening night lineup for the Chicago Blackhawks. I don't think there's any reason for him not to be there. He, he's proven that he's a very capable defender, good long reach, mobile like I said, gotten better with his overall playmaking and just some of his passing skills. Um, so I'm really excited for Alex Vlasic. I think he could be a defensive staple for the Chicago Blackhawks for a long, for a long, long time. And that's what I was really hoping for when the Blackhawks drafted him in the second round back in the 2019 NHL draft a handful of years ago now. All right, folks, there are numbers five and four on my summer 2023 top 10 prospect list. Don't go anywhere because coming up in just a moment, I will unveil my top three. But first, I need to talk to you all about FanDuel. Make a home run trot over to FanDuel as baseball season is now in full swing and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That's because right now, new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn, place your first bet, and get up to $2,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win. And I've been riding hot throughout the baseball season, fading the Kansas City Royals. I was fading the Oakland Athletics to a T earlier on in the season as well. Chicago Cubs, what a comeback win to cash me my money line bet last night. FanDuel has been winning me a lot of money, and don't miss out on your opportunity to get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500 when you join FanDuel today. All you got to do is go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. All right, we're back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. Real quick, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day, might I add. Real quick, for those of you out there who are still tuned in to this point of today's episode and aren't subscribed to the channel, do me a quick favor. It won't cost you anything. Go and smash that subscribe button for me. I actually just reached a thousand subscribers yesterday. So a quick thank you to everyone out there who has shown support already and has 
uh, helped me reach my goal. It's been a really fun last couple of months. There's been a buzz around the Chicago Blackhawks that I really haven't felt since being the host of this show for the last couple of years. So I greatly appreciate everyone helping me out. And again, if you haven't done so already, still, I'm really trying to climb this show right now and really trying to build this thing up. So help me out. It won't cost you anything. 100% free. Go and hit that subscribe button. And also make sure to go in, follow Lockdown Blackhawks on Instagram as well, because you're going to need to do that to have a chance to enter the giveaway to win some free Blackhawks stuff, which I'll be talking about a little bit later on in the show. Make sure to stay tuned for that. But getting back to where I left off as far as my top five for my summer 2023 top 10 prospects list, coming in at number three after we saw um, Alex Vlasic come in at number four and Ethan Del Mastro start things off at number five. At number three is my boy, Frank the Tank Nazar, baby. 13th overall selection for the Blackhawks in the 2022 NHL draft, their second first round selection, second of three first round selections in that draft class. The Blackhawks obviously received that pick from the Montreal Canadiens, along with the 66th overall selection, which turned into Gavin Hayes, who is now number 10 on my top 10 prospects list at the moment. So wound out to be a what looks like a pretty solid return for the Chicago Blackhawks. Obviously, we'll know more about that in time once Gavin Hayes and Frank the Tank make the jump to the professional level. Uh, Nazar, though, just um, after playing for the United States Development Program, went on and spent his freshman season playing college hockey for the University of Michigan, but unfortunately missed a majority of the campaign due to injury, which was really unfortunate because it would have been Super fun to watch him in action with Adam Fantilli, Gavin Brindley, and all the talent the Michigan Wolverines had this past season. It would have been awesome to see Frank the Tank get that opportunity, but he will be going back there next season. It sounds like everything as far as his recovery has gone good, and he did join the team later on in the season, wound up playing in 13 games, tallying seven points, two goals, and five assists. But he is an absolute electric skater. That was clear from the first time I watched him hit the ice at Blackhawks development camp. It's almost like he's the energizer bunny out there, elite skating ability that allows for him to make an impact uh, in all three zones, all over the ice plays with a really high motor and just honestly a fantastic compete level. He wants to make an impact uh, in all aspects of the game. And I also love his grit, his determination, his hustle. I mean, for being five foot nine and only what a hundred and 70, 175 pounds at this point in time. He's a smaller dude, but he doesn't shy away from contact. He is not scared to go into the dirty areas. Uh, all he knows is playing the game hard, playing it fast, and being super competitive and super fiery. And I also think he pairs that with the skill of someone who could be a top six forward in the NHL as well after seeing and watching what he did for the development program, seeing it in small stints, obviously, as a freshman with Michigan this last season, I'm really excited for what feels like a com complete package player, someone who plays center and can be responsible defensively, but has the elite two-way skating ability to still go and do things on the other end. Really good playmaking. I don't know. I really do feel like Frank kind of projects more so to be a second line center than a top line center, because almost similar to Oliver Moore, I think, he's going to impact the game more than just his offensive numbers. I do believe Frank Nazar can be a 70, 80, 
I'd love for him to be a 90 to 100 point player. I think 70, 80 is probably somewhat, uh, somewhat of a more realistic ceiling for him. Um, but I think he's going to impact the game in a lot of ways because of the stuff that I just outlined, his hustle, his competitiveness, the edge that he plays with, the swagger that he provides as well. I mean, feels like a lot of Blackhawks fans have already fallen in love with this kid, and we only saw him play in uh, 13 games of action last season for Michigan. So it's going to be a very meaningful sophomore camp- campaign for him this upcoming year with the Wolverines. But he sounds like it sounds like from what we've heard from Nazar recently, Uh, He's in really good spirits, and if everything goes well, we could even see him make the jump to the professional level following his sophomore season, and I really do think he's like a perfect fit for what we want in the future uh, of the Chicago Blackhawks, guy who works hard, guy who provides a lot of competitive edge, just puts everything on his shoulder and goes and puts in the work. I think he's perfect for what we want, and I'm super stoked for Frank the Tank baby in the future, and that's why I have him coming in at number three. Coming in at number two, and I did have to think about this one uh, once again, like I did at the midway point of the season, but at number two, I am going with Lucas Reichel, the Blackhawks' first-round selection, number 17 overall. In the 2020 NHL draft, six foot, 170-pound forwards, played the center, position. He's also played the wing at the NHL level too. Out of Germany, spent the last two seasons over here in North America though. And in his first year, he made quite uh, the impressive, uh, quite an opening impression because he was a point per game player right out of the gate for the Rockford Icehawks, 57 points in his first 56 career AHL games. And because of that was awarded co-MVP of the Icehawks along with goaltender Arvid Soderbloom and really helped carry them into the Calder Cup playoffs. Played in 11 NHL games in his first year over in North America, recording just one assist, but did have a plethora of opportunities, but it was still really apparent that he still had to gain some weight, and there were some more, I think, just additions, not big ones, just kind of small changes that he had to make, to small little tweaks that he had to make to his game in order for everything to properly translate. But it was clear he was getting his opportunities and for being only 19, 20 years old at the time for seeing our first flash of Lucas Reichel, we all were very excited. Then this past season, again, with the patient approach that Davidson was going to, we saw Reichel spend a majority of the year in the AHL tallying 51 points in 55 games, 20 goals and 31 assists. But However, after a one-game stint playing against the Bruins, he was called up and then sent back down. We saw him in a three-game stint as well. But in his final NHL stint, it all finally seemed to click for Reichel. It seemed like he was playing with more confidence, more um, just just a willingness and uh, ability to kind of believe in himself almost, that he was going to make the right decision. Sometimes it felt like he was trying to force a pass and not really firing the puck at the net and not really taking advantage of all the weapons that he possesses. But in that final stint, it it all seemed to finally click for Lucas Reichel. The speed, the elusiveness, the ability to make plays in transition, the playmaking, the quick passes in small areas, just the heads-up thinking. Uh, He really put it all together, and he wound up uh, scoring a lot of goals as well, which I think was certainly notable given uh, how kind of reluctant he was to fire the puck in his first 
couple of stints, but he ended up recording 15 points in 23 games this past season, seven goals and eight assists. And most of that damage came in those final 15, 16, 17 games at the NHL level. So a very solid and notable improvement from Lucas Reichel there down the stretch. I know he didn't really do all that well in the Calder Cup playoffs, but he was playing through an injury and I fully expect him to be in a top six role, maybe even on the top line with Connor Bedard on opening night for the Chicago Blackhawks this upcoming season against the Pittsburgh Penguins. And I have him coming in at number two. And now, without any further ado, coming in at number one on my summer 2023 top 10 prospects list, same as my midseason prospects list from back at the midway point of last season is defenseman Kevin Korchinski. First overall selection, First round selection, seventh overall pick, I should say, not the first overall selection. In the 2022 NHL draft, the Blackhawks received the pick along with the 39th overall pick from the Ottawa Senators as part of the Alex DeBrinket trade just prior to day one. A six foot three, now up to 195 pounds, reportedly here at development camp. Left handed offensive defenseman. And I even remember uh, people dubbing Kevin Korchinski just an offenseman when the Blackhawks drafted him seventh overall because that really is the name of his game, speed and offensive ability. And he tallied 73 points, 11 goals, and 62 assists in 54 WHL games for the juggernaut Seattle Thunderbirds in the WHL this past season. Was nearly a point-per-game defenseman as well during his draft year uh, and just had a really solid season with the Thunderbirds, really improving upon Um, just rounding out his game a little bit more and kind of turning into a man. I think the biggest thing though, was him gaining that weight because that's really what, what we saw from him in the preseason. He just looked thin and just had to kind of obviously gain some weight and become stronger and kind of just buff himself out to be able to handle the physicality of that level. All the skills that come along with it, it certainly seemed like Kevin Korchinski already possesses that at a really young age. I mean, truthfully, maybe the best skater that I've seen in person other than Connor McDavid. I mean, that that might be crazy, but Kevin Korchinski absolutely flies out there and he makes it look so effortless. He gets up and down the ice quicker than anyone I've ever seen. I'm really intrigued to see him go up against Oliver Moore in terms of a skating competition because Kevin Korchinski can absolutely fly out there. And because of that skating ability, it allows him to really just be a rover all over the ice, right? Like he can jump up on the play offensively and give his team an odd man rush. And he still has the ability to get back in transition and make up so much ground because of that skating ability to avoid giving up anything going back the other way. And he also pairs that with really sound, tremendous puck skills. I think he bounces around uh, oncoming four checkers and defenders with ease for someone who's a very young defenseman. And he's just very shifty, very mobile, very good on his edges, super elusive. And he pairs that with really good heads up passing. So Coming up the ice when Kevin Korchinski has the puck, it is an absolute problem. And he's shown that he has the ability to make great breakout passes, really good stretch passer. We saw it in the preseason on an awesome goal that he hooked up uh, with Lucas Reichel with. And he also, um, I thought, looked pretty solid despite not having the biggest role for Team Canada at the World Juniors. Wound up having four points, one goal, and three assists in seven games. And he's going to be an absolute a beast for that Canada roster next year when he'll be back. Could be even possibly 
wearing a letter as a returning guy there for Team Canada, but just a smart player all in all who uses his speed to his advantage. I do think the biggest thing for him now is just continuing to add weight and getting stronger and more durable on his skates and just continuing to round out the defensive side of things because that's really the one concern offensively. It feels like everything's always going to translate for Kevin Korchinski. It's now just about being a capable enough defender and hopefully more than that with the seventh overall pick, hopefully a good enough defender that he can be a top pairing guy for the Chicago Blackhawks moving on in the future and someone that they can trust in all three zones, not just uh, someone who's going to be a power play quarterback. Now that would still be great given all the depth that the Blackhawks have on the defensive side of things, but I still, you know, obviously we want Kevin Korchinski to turn out as best as possible. So hopefully he continues to round things out in that aspect. And that's why personally, I wouldn't be too upset with sending him back to the Seattle Thunderbirds for one more year. I know he doesn't have that much to prove there, but I still think just allowing him to gain more skills on the defensive side of things certainly wouldn't hurt, but it seems like the Blackhawks kind of want to be burning his entry level contract. So keep an eye on what's going to be happening with Kevin Korchinski later on this fall. Absolutely not out of the cards that he makes the Blackhawks opening night roster right out of camp. All right, folks, there it is. My summer 2023 top 10 prospects list coming up in just a moment. I still have to talk for a brief second about the Hawks adding forward Ryan Donato in free agency over the weekend. All right, before I wrap up today's show, I do want to let you all know about the giveaway that I'm doing here on Lockdown Blackhawks. As I recently just reached 1,000 subscribers, I am going to be running this giveaway for probably another uh, week or two, though, just so I can give more people the opportunity to enter. And all you have to do in order to enter, one, you have to subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube. You have to be following Lockdown Blackhawks on Instagram. And last, go and DM Lockdown Blackhawks on Instagram and just send them a screenshot that shows you're subscribed to the channel. I've also just recently posted pictures of all of the things that are involved in the giveaway. And the lucky winner will be able to select one of those items uh, of their choosing. So make sure to go and do that real quick, folks. Help me out by helping uh, grow the show. And also, that way you'll have a chance to... Uh, have uh, an opportunity to win some cool free Blackhawks stuff. All right, last but certainly not least on today's show, I still have yet to discuss the addition of Ryan Donato here on Lockdown Blackhawks since he signed his deal with the Blackhawks on Saturday. Two-year deal for Donato with a $2 million AAV through the 2024-2025 campaign. And for those who are a little bit unfamiliar with him, he's a 27-year-old forward who can kind of play all three positions, six foot two, uh, 192 pounds. And I think the size and the versatility is really why Kyle Davidson wanted to add him to the roster. We actually heard him speak on that this morning. Sounds like the Blackhawks are going to give all their youngsters, Connor Bedard, maybe even Lucas Reichel, who's played wing and found success there. I think it's interesting. They're going to be giving him an opportunity at center along with Cole Gutman. They're going to let those guys, uh, let those guys kind of prove themselves that they can be centers next season, but they also want players who are capable of jumping in and playing center if things don't go well. Someone like a Jason Dickinson or a Nick Felina, or in this case, a Ryan Donato, a guy that can play all three forward spots. But apparently the Blackhawks have also had their eyes on him for quite some time as uh, he does have some ties with Norm McIver, who's of course part of the Blackhawks front office and 
Those two were together in Seattle where Donato has spent each of his last two seasons, most recently tallying 27 points, 14 goals, and 13 assists in 71 games. He's mostly been a bottom six uh, forward throughout the majority of his career, but I kind of found this situation similar to Colin Blackwell when he signed on with the Blackhawks a summer ago, someone who, uh, despite not really having the greatest opportunity or having uh, a ton of ice time on a regular basis, Ryan Donato found a way to put up pretty successful offensive numbers uh, in four of his five full NHL campaigns. He's tallied at least 10 goals. And in three of those, he's tallied at least 14. So uh, he's someone who's put up really solid offensive numbers in a bottom six role. And I also was looking at him a little bit more and I noticed how solid his analytical numbers have been throughout his career. Now he has played for uh, the Boston Bruins and the San Jose Sharks, or just kidding, the Seattle Kraken were a really solid team this last year. But even when he was with the Sharks and the Kraken two years ago, most definitely were not good. But Ryan Donato has put up uh, a, a Corsi four percentage well above 50% in all five of his NHL seasons. And it's never been worse than 53.2%. So for someone that's not really getting the most offensive opportunities, he's still putting up really positive uh, possession numbers and still getting it done in the goal scoring category as well. So I personally like this addition by the Blackhawks. I was a little bit surprised by it because just given how I outlined the forward group of the roster. I didn't really see the room for Ryan Donato, but I do think uh, his versatility and his size and his goal scoring does make him a little bit intriguing. Uh, Also someone who could possibly kill penalties for the Blackhawks as well. I don't really know if he's had that role in the past, but um, something to keep an eye on as well. Um, And also the Blackhawks signed him to another short-term deal with a, you know, pretty, manageable $2 million AAV. The Blackhawks can easily retain that if they wanted to uh, and can flip him for more future assets in the future. So there's a move potentially setting up another move. Feels like Kyle Davidson's uh, given out a lot of these recently, but it does make sense given the current position where the Blackhawks are in. So I was surprised that Ryan Donato uh, was added to this Blackhawks forward group, but I do think at the end of the day, he does provide a lot of good stuff for someone who's probably going to be in a bottom six role for the majority of the upcoming season. All right, folks, I think that is going to wrap up Thursday, July 6th episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. As always, thank you all again for tuning into the show and be sure to go and follow Lockdown Blackhawks right now, wherever you may be listening to your podcast and to go and subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube. And that way you can get the latest episode as soon as it becomes available each and every day. And as always, I'm your host, Jack Bushman. Follow me on Twitter at Jack Bushman too, or you could go and follow my strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. So until tomorrow's episode, that's going to do it here for the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.